listening to WEHC 90.7. This is Charlotte Torrance. I am the host today of Art Speaks, a production from the William King Museum of Art in Abingdon. We are your uh, free admission local art museum and art cultural center um, here in Southwest Virginia. Today we are meeting and talking again with Brian Surway, and today we're going to talk about your big upcoming project, a new gallery space, brick and mortar in Bristol, Virginia called Holler yeah. House. How are you today? I am good for the second time. I'm, I'm very good. <laughs> oh, and it's I'm, a week later. Time has passed. Oh, yeah. Wow. Time is crazy. It's, it's um, been an entire week, and now we're talking in a, a separate time. I knew Amazing. I was having a lucid dream or something. I don't know what was going on. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, hit me with them questions, because this is my first time in any public forum other than when we... Uh, applied for the Believe in Bristol grant. This is the first time I'll ever be talking about it in like a imminent official capacity of it's about to open, which is pretty crazy. That's really exciting. So what is Holler House? Okay. So Holler House is kind of a, let me go on. I'm, forgive me because this is a little bit of like a backstory tangent, but um, I've been as an artist hosting a lot of uh, art markets in the region for like the past two years with my friend Becca Addison and uh, we have had insane turnout like you would not believe for you know just events in this area of that type and um, it's just been so gratifying to see uh, people in the Tri-Cities come out for local artists you know especially younger more emerging local artists and as a professional artist myself uh, who works in a lot of retail spaces, I work with a gallery in uh, Asheville called Horse and Hero, and they're, in, they're a gallery in retail space. And my friends uh, Brandy and Justin are the owners of it. And for so long since I've, I've been there and since I've worked there or I've had worked there, I've always wanted to do something very similar to that, like a very non-pretentious retail and gallery space for the Tri-Cities. And uh, about a year and a half ago, I came to Justin and I was like, I'd really like your advice. In the future, I would love to make a space similar to, to, to Horse and Hero, but for, you know, more local artists in our region. You know, what is some advice you can give me? And he was like, hell, I'll partner with you on it. I, I'll help you with it. And I was like, really? Because he's like one of my heroes and, you know. He's been doing stuff. I would, you know, from what I know, he's the biggest community uh, figurehead in in, uh, Asheville for the arts. And he is just like he dedicates so much of his time to uh, art festivals. He hosts the Big Crafty, which is the uh, biggest art festival in North Carolina. And um, his, his time is just split, you know, between volunteering for so many things. So I was honored that he wanted to work with me on it. And, you know, it was something that we initially were talking about as like, oh, we'll do this in a couple of years. This will be something that like we'll, we'll kind of get settled and like kind of build it brick by brick and then we'll look for a place. And we had a place just kind of that worked out perfectly that we ended up looking at. And it, there were so many offers on it. And we were just like, OK, well, let's let's put an offer and like buy this place on State Street. And it's right across the street from the Paramount. And we were like, well, I guess we're moving forward <laughs> faster than we thought. And so uh, he picked, uh, you know, half half the artists he knows from, uh, you know, our area and closer to his region. And I picked the other half of the artists that we initially will be working with. And so what Holler House is going to be is in many ways a very non-pretentious retail space for local artists to sell their print work, their 
stickers, their enamel pins, their apparel, and then also be a space for artists to, you know, have group gallery shows at as well. So it's both a retail, an artistic retail space, mm-hmm. and for smaller things, not just fine art original pieces, but right. also stickers, apparel, yeah. and also a gallery space, so for like exhibits. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we have two big walls on the right side of our building that will be used to host small gallery shows, so we'll probably, uh, you know, kind of get together between, you know, two and ten artists and like just have you know, a couple small pieces and like just kind of have themed shows. Maybe eventually I want to get to a point where we do them every first Friday of the month. But I think next year we'll start doing them just every other month and build to that. Um, I want to do, you know, just uh, shows just based in like kind of wonkier ideas, just have like thematic qualities. I would love to do just individual artist spotlights. Um, but yeah, we're, we're planning on having an event of some kind every month of, you know, there. So People can know like, oh, it's first Friday. There's going to be an event here um, and just, you know, be kind of a cultural hub for Tri-Cities and the surrounding regions artists. So you use the word uh, like non-pretentious yeah. to describe it a few times. What does that mean to you? Pretentious to me means uh, sterile and kind of, you know, just lifeless in terms of like there's usually not a lot of noise or music going on or like uh, you, you kind of feel pressured to buy something, I guess, of mm-hmm. A, a certain ilk like you know you go into certain galleries and you're like okay everything's a thousand dollars plus like we're gonna have a space where you know the average item's gonna be between five and forty dollars so people can kind of grab a postcard from a local artist grab a sticker grab uh you know an eight by ten print and frame it themselves and end up spending less than fifty dollars you know and so just a space where you feel a sense of you know ex- exploration and you can kind of just go in there and um discover new artists but also you know buy something that doesn't break the bank it sounds like i can hear like you have a really strong idea of what you would want as a consumer sure and also what you would want as an artist sure. because you've been in those positions oh yeah and how do you reconcile that now with being the business owner um well, well so one thing as an artist and who have who has worked in you know a lot of different consignment and and wholesale spaces i i i get very i don't know i get a very icky vibes when i see rental and wholesale things that are kind of taken to a degree where it seems almost like well the gallery's benefiting but how am i benefiting like they're going to make money but how am i going to make money and so everything we're doing is going to be a 50 50 consignment operation where we don't make money unless the artist makes money so we Mm -hmm. it you know the onus is, is on us to promote the artist so that you know they are being you know put on a pedestal from what we're doing on our end but also like we're able to pay our mortgage every month, <laughs> um, you know, and so I, I think that's fair. I mean, I would love it if we could do, you know, 60-40 at some point, but, uh, you know, I think 50-50 is fair, and the artists set the prices, and we just have guidelines for them, but, um, yeah, the the way that I like to see it as an artist, and I'm, I'm so grateful that so many artists have placed, you know, their faith in us 
to uh, you know allow us to show their work at our space is that you know I just I keep hammering home like we do not we will not be able to make any money unless you make money you know so it's that's that's kind of the baseline for me as an artist do you think that um, being a professional artist like makes it easier for you to establish trust oh sure sure I mean and I and I think you know I've had my fair share of instances where I've worked with people that you know they have absolutely no sight on on or, or empathy for for that type of struggle or that you know that type of perspective. So, I you know I I want to make sure that every artist that is in our space feels comfortable and feels like what they're doing and offering to us is valuable for them and the community writ large. Um, you talked a little bit about like the impetus for the creation mm-hmm. of of Holler House, this yeah. new gallery. I wonder if there's like a word you'd use other than uh, we, we, So we're calling it, we're, we're just like our tagline is just Neo-Appalachian art and craft. And we mm-hmm. like the word Neo-Appalachian because it's it's a term that it, it's used in food circles. And, and uh, Justin and Brandy have used it to describe Horse and Hero as a, it's a neo-contemporary in the sense that it's like when you think of Appalachian art, most people think of quilt making and textiles and landscapes and horses and still life and that sort of thing and that has its place and it it's had its its place you know in this region for many years and we're trying to just expand what the definition of Appalachian art means because for us what it means is it's a sense of place it's a sense of being informed and inspired by living here and what that you know, unique subjective perspective means for the artist and how they're illustrating and creating that. And so that will include for us a lot of, you know, a lot more kind of surreal and strange work, but also more colorful and zany stuff that you don't normally see, but that is from artists that live right, you know, in our own backyard. Not literally, hopefully. But um, (laughs) But maybe, 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 you know, we get we get desperate sometimes. (laughs) But um, yeah, I but uh, I guess I would say um, we are a a printmaking uh, consignment local art retailer. I don't I don't know what the what the the catchiest shortest way to say that is, but plus a gallery, mm-hmm. yeah. neo neo gallery. Yeah, neo Appalachian <laughs> gallery and consignment. How about that? <laughs> I like that. That's yeah. good. So you talked a little bit about how um, you ended up, like, making this Mm -hmm. into a reality. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you go back and just, like, tell us a little bit more about, like, um, how is this kind of solving a problem you've experienced as an artist? And and, Mm -hmm. um, how did you get to that point of being, like, I'm the one who has to do something? Well, I think living in in this in the Tri-Cities for, you know, over 12 years, or I guess, yeah, we're going on 13 years now. Um, I've seen so much growth. And like, you know, when I used to go on, you know, on State Street, there was like nothing to do. There was like one re- good restaurant to go to and like one okay bar. And now you have great places like Elder Brew and Bloom and, and, and tons of places downtown that like really kind of have a more, a modern sensibility where younger folks like want to you know come and spend their time there and I think that's really necessary in in the art space I mean when we have uh, worked with we, we found that working with breweries for art markets is the best because obviously the person has another reason to go there it's not like they're just sitting around in an amphitheater and they're like okay what do I do now it gives them a social reason to be there and you know if you if you have a couple beers you might be more likely to buy some art you know I, I'm not going to be dishonest about that that's true I mean and and, and so 
I have noticed that there is an entire, you know, just demographic of folks that just don't really have a place dedicated to uh, celebrating younger, you know, emerging artists. And we are by no means, you know, restricting what, you know, we have in the space to that. But that is our, our goal and our sensibility in mind, because there is so much traditional art, you know, in, in the Tri-Cities, and as there should be. I mean, there's a lot of historical and cultural value in that. But I think, you know, we limit ourselves by saying that is what Appalachian art is because there are, you know, hundreds of phenomenal creators that I know that are from, you know, a 100-mile radius of where we're sitting right now that just really don't have a place to call home for what they make in terms of just a place that's you know focuses primarily on celebrating art um and and that's kind of the intention we have in mind so does it like the creation of this um gallery space mm-hmm. connect like not just to um giving artists the kind of space that you think that they need as mm-hmm. as young emerging artists as maybe non um pretentious yeah. artists so yeah. to speak or non traditional yeah. in terms of like very very traditional crafts such as quilts that you can see at the William Quinn Museum of Art in Abingdon. Yeah, no 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 hate there. Art. Just, just <laughs> see it's already got a place. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and we've got contemporary art too. Just so yeah. while I can plug it yeah, there. I, Is it um do you think that part of your passion for this project like also connects to enriching Bristol oh, in the yeah. area and like enriching yeah. the culture in yeah. this area. I love State Street so much. It's my favorite place to be on, you know, a Friday night or just, you know, just to walk around. It's so nice to see people out and about. And I think, um, you know, I, I went on a little bit of a tangent with uh, when we weren't recording earlier about I think there is just such a, a subconscious desperate desire for most people my age and, and younger and older to have a reason to go out in the world, but they don't really, they're just are glued to their, their, you know, black mirrors and they're, they're just, you know, we, we have such like a a lack of sense of place with art now, I think, because it's like, we can see whatever we want on Instagram. It's kind of like our own personal curated gallery for people who like following artists. But um, I don't think there's that tangibility and there's, there's not that like grasp on reality with it. And it's, it's so much more powerful to buy a piece of art in person than it is to click a button online, I feel like. And and I think more, people are more likely to do it because they're like, um, you know, when I go to local shows, I went to uh, Case Elledge, who's a good friend of mine. Their work is going to be in Holler House. They had a show recently at Elder Brew. And, you know, I just saw so many people just walk up and go, this was done by you. This is, you know, you live in Bristol. Like, and there's that connection that you just don't have on the internet by reading that. Like, and then they're like, oh yeah, here, I'll give you 20 bucks like to buy this and frame it and put it up in my house. And I just get such a, like, I just get, as my, my grandmother would say, I get tickled to death by, <laughs> by just like seeing people interact in that capacity. And I mean, so, and in that way it is selfish because it's like, I get a high from that. Like I, I really enjoy just seeing people connect that wouldn't connect on the internet and and just be happy to be in a space together where they're all celebrating the same thing, but they all come from different places and like they're learning something. They're learning, oh that guy lives uh, in Johnson City. Oh that guy lives in Boone. You know, and like they're they're like really having that like sense of place. But also, you know, it's it's helping the local economy. It's helping Bristol because you're spending money on an artist that lives in the area, and then they're making money and they have the ability to spend that money in the yeah. area. Um, 
And I think Bristol's just right for it right now because, you know, we have the casino coming in. There's so many people trying to buy property on State Street. We got so lucky with our building. And I, I'm, I'm, I was desperate to be on State Street. I didn't want to be on a side street because I wanted to like – I wanted to have a sense of presence and I wanted to have that feeling of people just seeing our space, looking in our windows and going, oh, what's this? And walking in. Like I think that is – you know, the the foundation of what we want to see from customers and people that, you know, are returning to, you know, feel. I really like that that point. Like yeah. you're bringing in like this physicality and this human interaction yeah, and yeah, presence. Yeah. I feel like we get such an, a constant narrative of like the future of things oh, right. moving more virtual. Yeah. Oh, no. Get, get, throw that metaverse in the trash. <laughs> I don't want to be a part of it. And you're going, we're going brick and mortar. We're going brick and mortar. Yeah. Go yeah, in person. I'm old school. <laughs> I think that, well, what I often say is like kind of our experience with um, COVID and how yeah. much stuff yeah. had to be virtual. Oh, yeah. People have always said, like at the time I was in grad school mm-hmm. and trying to do research on museum education oh, yeah. and museums and communities and, and that exploring that concept to like a ridiculous degree Mm -hmm. and there was even before then is this strong pull of like stuff needs to have touch screens stuff needs to have like putting screens even in the physical space which is so expensive we've gotten so lazy and it's it's like i think that we've had this huge experiment that told us that isn't what people find fulfilling right right and i mean i think you know there is a there is a, a sense of achievement too where it's like when you push yourself to go out in a space and maybe you feel a little uncomfortable and then like you meet somebody or you have an interaction and you're like wow that changed the rest of my week that might have changed the rest of my life just because I had that interaction you don't get that on the internet I, I mean I've been on the internet long enough to know you don't get that <laughs> on the internet most of the time you get a little high for about five seconds and it goes away and then you get depressed it's like mm-hmm. I I just you know, it's completely subjective, but it's like, you know, making a place where um, people can feel like it's very accessible. It's very just open and out there. Our doors are open and you can just walk in during our business hours. Like I, I just, you know, I want more of that. And so like for me, it's just a matter of, OK, well, I want to be the change I want to see in the world. Let me do that. And and so, you know, as much as I still love creating and, you know, I'm going to be the one at the shop, you know, 99% of the time for the foreseeable future. So it's like, I'm just going to be drawing when I'm there, when there's not a customer. I, you know, I want that kind of just sense of, oh yeah, you can just walk in and say, hey, check out some new work we have by, by this artist. You know, it's just not a thing. It's not, you know, it's not a, it's not a venture. It's not something you have to put in your phone. It's just, it's a resource that's there for you at any time. And I, I don't know, it's kind of like a a little church for artists in a way, where it's like, (laughs) I just want a space where it's like, you know, we can kind of uh, curate the the quirky and the strange and the surreal and the and the expressive elements of Appalachia and have them all in one space where people can like say, oh, well, I know Jessica Rowe. I know that artist. Like I've seen her online. Let me go in here. Oh, let me discover this artist that like lives two miles away from me that I never would have seen otherwise. And like having that balance of, you know, a couple artists that are pretty well recognized in this region balanced with some people that are just starting out whose work I really love you know, kind of all being in the same place. Like that just, you know, that would just be really cool for me. I think I, I'm surprised by our conversation because I was really curious to learn about this mm-hmm. space and be like, let's I talk know, about a new gallery space. I want to know what you thought and, it was. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought just, it was going to be, actually, I thought, I think I had a good idea of it because I okay. thought it was going to be a gallery. Yeah. And I wasn't sure if you were going to do 
a more traditional one exhibit at a time by right. Right. originals from artists, I thought probably there would be printmaking. Yeah. I yeah. thought maybe he's going to open a brewery <laughs> at the same no, time. No, no. My, my boy Chris at Elder Brewery's got that handle. He's going to be like our partner brewery in a lot of ways. You could have some taps put in eventually. I yeah, yeah. We've talked about making a collaborative beer, so maybe that'll happen one day. I think that was just in my mind because of the events you do, like the yeah. um, nocturnal art markets yeah. always have alcohol and that, yes, like you said, yes, is effective. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but um, I'm, what I'm surprised by is, is more just like the like message of the conversation, mm-hmm. less being about how galleries work and more just being very hopeful. Yeah, yeah. Sense. I mean, it's it's kind of non-traditional in a lot of ways. I mean, we there's plenty of places in urban areas and in, in Nashville with Horse and Hero that do things like this, but we haven't seen a space, as far as I know, in, in the Tri-Cities area that is, you know, half consignment, half gallery, you know, specifically geared towards, you know, our generation and younger artists and, uh, you know, be a place where they feel at home and not feel like they're walking into a sterile environment where they're like showing their their weird alien drawings to somebody and they're going, uh, that's not art. And obviously a lot of it's subjective. I'm, you know, I'm the one curating it. So there, there's stuff that is in there that a lot of it's my taste. A lot of it's just people I know. And so it's, it's, it's in, it's in many ways a passion project, but like the goal of it is to just be a space just as much as, you know, any other fun place downtown where you just feel like you can go to on a Friday night and there's something happening. And we'd love to have, you know, music there eventually, you know, maybe just have a small band or like an acoustic act play. Like we'd love to have uh, workshops eventually. Like I, I really want to have, you know, you had Marcy in uh, last a couple weeks ago and uh, I'd love to have her do a, a a workshop have pottery artists do a workshop have someone do a workshop on how they market their art just you know and very informal like where you can just pop in and like they're talking we have like a donation jar or something just have a space where people can kind of come and feel like their more off-brand version of what their creativity is is welcome and you know their sensibilities are welcome so it's like in itself like already by being consignment is like somewhat communal yeah but you want like a space that this is where all the artists are going to go hang out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's yeah. the selfish part of it. Cause it's like, I just want my friends to hang out with me in the same <laughs> area. Like when I, <laughs> please call me back. No. Um, it's just that I, when we've had art markets, it's just, it's, it's like fireworks. We, we just want to see that feeling continue and, uh, you know, be in a permanent space where, uh, People know it's there, and that's what it's dedicated to. I really like that yeah. idea. And now listeners know, where do you find artists in the wild? And not just their work, but you yeah. find them, and you might Yeah, they might just it. be hanging out in a corner, like, you know, crying in a ball some, in one of our corners in our shop or something. No, I'm just kidding. Are you uh, put some bean bags in there? <laughs> I'd, 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 corner. Yeah, they, yeah, there might be like a depressive artist corner or something. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but no, I mean, uh, the last thing I'll say is that we, you know, in many ways are going to be a traditional gallery in the sense that we will have a space that's dedicated to shows in there. But, you know, we want to be multiple things. So it's like we want to be that and we also want to be a consignment, you know, more relaxed space as well. I think something else that's good about it is that when people think of galleries, I think it can be – um, intimidating. Mm-hmm. And I think oh, yeah. this space is going to be... I think that's what I mean sometimes when I say... I, I mean, cut you off. I think that's what I mean sometimes when I say uh, pretentious. Like, right. I don't necessarily just mean pretentious. I mean intimidating. Like, walking into most galleries, it's like, oh, look at this overwhelming, you know, mm-hmm. frame piece of art that's more than I make in a year. Like, I can't buy that. How do these people make money? <laughs> like, 
Yeah, like if you've ever been in a gallery and had someone tell you, oh, how much do you think that frame costs? Yeah. And you look at it and you're like, oh, yeah, frames are expensive. I, that frame could cost $500. Yeah. It, yeah. it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It I, costs thousands. I know. Yeah. And, I, you know, framing my work for galleries myself, like a lot of times the frame costs as much as the art itself. I'm going to price it at, and I'm like, okay, I guess I got to add $300, $400 to what I was going to charge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I So I will plug, in case we don't have time for it in a minute. Um, so we are planning to be open Rhythm and Roots weekend. Um, if, you, if anyone who's listening is going to be at Rhythm and Roots, we will have our doors open. You can walk in. That'll be kind of our soft opening that week. Um, and, and check us out. We may not have, you know, every bell and whistle in place, but we will have the majority of our consignment stuff there for, for you guys to, to check out and purchase if you want to. And uh, I'll be there, you know, running around like a crazy man on fire the whole time probably. And that's how they can identify you? Yes, yes. I, yeah. I will look like the most neurotic person in the room probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you should let Brian know if you learned about Holler House from uh... – Listening to the radio. Yeah, find us on on Facebook or Instagram. It's just Holler House Bristol um, because I think Holler House by itself was taken by some brewery in Wyoming or something. But, yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so we are Holler House Bristol on on Instagram and on uh, Facebook, and I'll post updates on there and uh, all the different artists you can find there so you guys can get a sense of the type of work that will be there. And as a final question while we wrap up this episode – where does the name Holler House come from? What does that mean? Uh, so it was kind of a like a c- combination of things. So originally, uh, the the original uh, word we were going to use for the gallery was Blind House, and that comes from what my grandmother uh, in in uh, West Virginia, who we talked about on our last episode, mm-hmm. uh, she that's what they used to call windowless cabins in in in, uh, in in her part of West Virginia. They would call them blind houses, and I just thought that word was so evocative. Like, mm-hmm. like what what is a blind house? But uh, we, we thought that might be a little what like you know yeah. like like someone would think I don't know. Like, and I love the term holler and hollow to describe you know the, uh, the mountainous areas of of Appalachia, and so we just went with holler house because we wanted a word that like permeated and rooted itself in the fact that this is Appalachian art. This is not, you know, this isn't just like neo-contemporary art from New York or something. This is, this. these are all 100% local, locally crafted works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that holler is such a cool word because it has this like almost connotation of speaking. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Too, and of noise, of yeah. music, and of accents. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I've had, uh, I've had a couple artists who've dropped their, their work by recently go be like, oh, I'll holler at you down at the holler house. <laughs> And I'm like, shut up. <laughs> I know. That's going to become a thing, isn't it? That's good, definitely. That's exactly what I'm going to say now. Yep. 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 Go for That's it. That's awesome. Yep. So you've been listening to Art Speaks from the William King Museum of Art on WEHC 90.7. I'm your host, Charlotte. And tune in next week. We're uh, on, on on Thursdays at 1 p.m. And you can find our past episodes um, as a podcast hosted by WEHC. Thank you.